0: The Restless Midlifer Podcast. Get health, weight and life back on your terms. Hi and welcome to episode 92 of the Restless Midlifer Podcast. It's great to have you along. Now this week I've got a great interview with Phil Ayerson. Now Phil's a relationship coach. He's a performance coach that specialises in developing great relationships. Now when we hear the term relationship coach, I guess many of us automatically think about loving relationships. But we're talking about all relationships. And we do explore this. I explore this great detail with Phil, and he shares some great insights and metaphors. He's another another fellow like me who loves his metaphors, and it's great because we dig into that a little bit. But the point of it is relationships um, is about the relationships not just we have in those loving relationships, family relationships, um, but work, business, how we can set them up for success, and importantly, where it starts It's our relationship with ourselves, and we spend a bit of time talking about that because that's actually probably, arguably, the most important relationship we're ever gonna have because it's not only we spend all our time with ourselves, but also it has such a profound impact on our relationships with everybody else. So it's a great interview, Phil's a great guy, and uh, hope you enjoy it. But what I do wanna do is share you my food for thought for this week. You don't owe the world your soul. It is really important to recognize that many of us, and this might be you, are driven to put ourselves last in order to support, help, please others, to sacrifice ourselves in order to do a perfect or a brilliant job for our, you know, for whoever, for our colleagues, for our manager, for our ultimate boss, for our families, whatever. And I think it's important to recognize that that drive comes from a good place. It's, it's positive, we need, we need that. Don't we? We need that in so many ways in terms of, um, you know, people who care, people who are committed, people who will go that extra mile. Really, really important. We need that. And if more of us did that, what a wonderful world this would be. However, I often say every strength can become a weakness if it's overdone. And I think this is very true for how much we invest of ourselves into our life, our work. it's not just about what we do, but it's about what is what is driving us. And it's very much about that grinding ourselves out, wringing ourselves out in order to. And this idea of you don't all the world your soul is not just about not, not overworking, not putting everything into it, not leaving everything out there and having nothing left for you and your family. It's also about giving yourself the right to think about, well, what do I actually want? what do I want for me, for my health, my life, my job, my career, business, whatever? What are my dreams and ambitions? Because that can feel like a bit of a dangerous, possibly even um, scary (laughs) thought path to go down. Because many of you might already be so used to putting yourself on, not just yourself physically, your own physical health needs, but your, your dreams and ambitions in order to. And that can be a comfortable thing because that that following that dream, or at least following that thought about what you would really like, can be scary, can be uncomfortable, it might mean some difficult decisions or some challenges to face. It will make, mean that. So, that putting ourselves out for other people into our own way can be comforting and useful. I'm not saying we do it deliberately for that reason, there are other drivers. But what I want to do is get you to think about uh, exactly that. The not own your world, the world, your soul. Is not about suddenly becoming selfish, and it is not selfish to think about well, what do I want? What do I really want to do? What do I love to do? Where, what are the skills and the things that I could take and do and do in something else? Whether it be a hobby, time for me, health, whatever. And what can I do for me? Because this is, here's the thing: there's, there's, you know, there are people. You know, I don't know about you. I grew up wanting to be a rock star or um, a snooker player, professional. Snooker player was one of them. I was never that good. Um, and often I think well, what if everybody went and followed their dreams and did what they wanted Well, we'd have nobody emptying the bins we'd have nobody um, walking the streets to police it, it would possibly in the, the health service we'd have a lot less people because we'd all be wanting to be the rock star or the model or whatever but the reality is that's not the case is it that's kind of taking it to the extreme most of us we have these sort of thoughts about being a professional snooker player or a rock star the reality is as I've grown up I don't want to be that I wanted, a, I wanted what I thought that would be. And part of this is working out what it is really and allowing yourself to really think about that because they sin- signify something. Being a professional snooker, what does it give me? A, big, a bit of credibility, but it could have being good at something, being respected admired, and make a lot of money and being able to do what I want. So getting to the deeper reasons. But actually come back, well, actually what's important we I want a bit of freedom. I would like a bit more freedom in life. I wanna be healthy. I'd like to be admired and respected by people, but more importantly, I'd like to be loved and trusted by my friends and family. So what are the core elements of that? And the thing is you have a right to think about those things and to claim those things for you. We're not talking about sacrificing everything and just uh, chucking a grenade into your life. We're talking about thinking about this because you do not owe the world your soul. Give yourself some space. Take back a little bit. It's not selfish to think, what could I to be? What I could what could I do? What could I have? And to think actually that may you could you be better serving you, your friends, family, loved ones, and the world by exploring that path of little. I hope you enjoyed that food for thought. Um on with the interview now with Phil. It's a great interview. Let me know your thoughts at Dave at restlessmidlifer.com and I'll catch you on the other side. Great to have, have you along. Thanks for you. joining us. Uh, I, in person. I don't get many in-person interviews, which is great. Yes. Funny when we were talking we realised you were just around the corner. So. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah you are going to my my window from over here, from the back
0: of your eyes. I know. It's a great small world because to be fair, when we connected mm. up um recently, it was like I had no like thought about where you were actually based, so
1: Yeah, like, yeah, I, same, yeah, same. Same. I, I, I would just tap chat chatting, having a nice chat. Um yeah, small world like
0: it's <laughs> yeah. So anyway, do, do you wanna just in terms of the listeners? Um mm-hmm. I've got a particular agenda in terms of why I wanted you on the podcast, and that's around for midlife, is particularly how do we enhance and and support manage those relationships, but Mm -hmm. do you want to tell a little bit about your background, what led you to what you do and what you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I I work as a a life and relationship coach. Um, What led me to it, I I did a lot of years as a a psychotherapist and a counsellor, and before that I worked about 17 years in finance. So I've always had... um, Uh, A kind of strong um, relationship theme running through Evils work with people, Mm -hmm. trying to understand them uh, and and what makes them tick, and yeah, it's kind of been a gradual progression, and and this is where I've landed. Yeah, Um, yeah, I love doing it, and and yeah, I don't. It's crazy. It's one of those things where well, it's a good question. Where I'm thinking, how
0: how how on earth did I end up here? You know? Yeah, Yeah. Well, that, that, I suppose that that's one of the things I'm fascinated with because um, moving, I guess, out of that uh, psychotherapy mm-hmm. into coaching, one is it, it sounds, if you tell me, but it sounds like a big shift. Yeah, yeah. But also what led you into that in the first place, you know, that kind of world of work. That
1: yeah, so, so what happened was I was working for the bank and I want to say the name of the bank. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I worked for them for 17 years, tried to quit on week, week one. We nice. i not try to quit. Um and I was sixteen and my parents were like, You're not gonna quit, we've just got to this job. I'm like, right, okay, fair enough. Uh so I was there for seventeen years, mm. yeah. Um, hated the entire thing. And I was driving home from work and we're just my wife had just had our first son, and I was listening to the radio and this woman came on the radio. And i c can't tell you what radio, I can't tell you the woman, it was just I was exhausted, sleep deprived. Uh driving home and this woman said, How can I look at my children and say, Follow your dreams and follow your passions? When I go to work and I hate it every single day. And I remember getting home and just be just just breaking down. And I just I have my son in my hands. I remember just like weeping and just like handing them back, handing them back to my wife because that was just it broke me. There's something about it that just absolutely broke me. So mm. What happened was um, my wife, very very, very clever lady, uh, said, right, let's make a list. Everything you love about your job, but on one side, everything you hate about your job, but on the other. We're going to look for something that ticks most of those, avoids most of those. So things I liked, talking to people, helping people, uh, the one-on-one conversation, the, that, that kind of aspect of it, I really loved. Um, problem solving, things like that. Mm. Anyway, ended up right okay I'm going to try counselling which led on psychotherapy um, so I did night courses in that unfortunately that meant working full time doing night courses up the road I was down in Yorkshire at the time drove to Middlesbrough to do my night courses and then we had the new baby as well so it was okay, so full on full on, full on. Mm. so that's what led me on to that and as, as a counsellor I don't know if you know but you get assigned your own counsellor while um, you yeah, are yeah. around. Well, they do every counsellor as a counsellor and so forth. And I had a string of counsellors who I would say either didn't care or, or weren't good. <laughs> I don't, yeah. they, you know, I don't, I don't yeah. want to cast this version. They, they might have been in the wrong place in life and what have you. But anyway, they weren't very present or, or, or bring me on. And so I sought out a coach, a very lovely woman called Jude, I um, she's through Newcastle and she was my first introduction to coaching. And she was telling me about it. And she coached me for a long time. And I this is it. This is, this is the, the missing thing I've been looking for. Cause I always felt like in counseling, you no, know, you know, not to go off on it on a tangent too much, but in counseling, I always felt like it was, if you were trapped in this, like burning, um, flat or apartment or whatever. And, Counseling would be telling you why why the fire started, what temperature it burns at, how it interacts with other materials, all of this other really like in depth information about the fire, but never tells you how to put it out. Mm. And that's how I always felt the sessions ended. Mm. And, and and the way we were taught, it was like, this is everything you need to know about know about fire. You do the right There you go. Mm. And, and coaching just seemed like that. Right, let's put out the fire, but let's also rebuild, let's let's refurnish the flat and stuff right. like that. You know, it was that it was that forward thinking kind of action based um outlook on it almost, mm. you know? Um and that's how I ended up with coaching. Right. I was just introduced to it and it was just like, yeah, this clicks, this is awesome. Mm. Um, I get to be creative and, and I get to put myself into it and I get to just work with people and moving forward and, and towards something instead of away from something i think that's always been a big thing for me but hmm. i think there's a different energy when you're you're trying to outrun something in the past uh, or outrun something you you don't want to move in towards something that you do I yeah. mean, that's a very different energy
0: yeah 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 i get i get what you're saying I kind of, my my the metaphor i have is kind of like the and tell me what you think of it because because mm. I'm always interested in this. Is that um, the therapist is a bit like the mechanic of the mm. car? if The car's broken down, yeah, and you need to find out why. You know, you need, you need a new carburetor, or whatever. We'll put that right. Mm. But then the coach is the person that helps you. Think, right, so what you're going to do with the car? You know, yeah. are you are going to take it. How do you make sure that the, the car's ready? You've got the stuff in the car that you need, yeah, enough fuel, but also packed right. What obstacles are you going to get? Do you know that kind of thing? It's very oh, me. Um, and I think it's a place for for both, obviously. Yeah, um, of course. As, um, it, it's it's kind of recognising where, where you're at, and I'm mm. certainly with some clients that I've had. It's a case of there's a point where we've had to park or just mm. pause the coaching whilst thinking it was therapy on that side because it's yeah. out of my expertise. You know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, like you say, if you if you want to use your metaphor, you're not going to, as much as you can plan the trip if you don't have the car working. You're not going to kind of go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah it's, it's really
0: important to combine it yeah it really is yeah. but it, but it's a thing about what what does it for you as, a, as an individual which is also part of, I mean the rest of my life for me is yes the work you do which I'm interested in exploring yeah. shortly, but it's also the journey you've been on because I think a lot of people mm-hmm. and I was one you know I bimbled into the police as a, mm-hmm. as a police officer uh, enjoyed it got caught up in the excitement of it and mm-hmm. the, the, the the just the life Yes. But then started to realise, actually, is this it? Is this what I want? I don't want yeah. to go up the ranks. I don't want to specialise in this, that, new, that. It's it's not the thing. Yeah. And it took me ages to give myself permission to think differently, hmm. to then start looking t- and extract myself financially from it. So very much about the rest of my life is about people who are perhaps in a similar boat, in mm. place. And it sounds like you've had kind of two transitions there. And it... There's real emotional sparks in both of them, Yeah, but also a bit of courage to to move. Mm. That yeah, or... yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And, and you know what? It, it, it's a really good point. And, and what I would say the the main difference that I've noticed that I didn't know how that was key, but, but it really has been has been the energy I bring home to my kids and my, and my family. Um, so if you compare me coming home from the bank, I'm tired, I'm mm. sad, I'm, I'm thinking about work, I'm I'm just I'm a beaten up man with counseling. I I did a lot of work for um, you know, abuse shelters and things like that. And and after a long night of that you come home and it's just it's weighing on you. And and it can be, you know, if you get home and my wife had a problem and she wanted to share it with me, you just go, oh God, no, 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 you know what I mean? And no, like not disparaging her, just like my tank was full. Um but now I come home with with Energy and and um, mm. and and that that forward thinkingness and and nothing will will lift me more than having a session with some of my clients mm. because seeing them progress and stuff just just fills me up and saying yes they're on the way to that yes they're figuring out that and I'm just like yeah, yeah. it just it, it it's the energy that it gives me throughout the day yeah. is um yeah it's 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 completely different yeah. Than, yeah. yeah
0: and I think this is the thing because. There may be one or two resonating with that in terms of periods of life in their in a career or yeah. where they're at now. You know, uh, I regularly get emails from people about it. You know, that some, 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 something struck a chord, mm. and and it's recognising that sometimes you may say, "What's wrong with me?" That mm. you know, I've got a great job, I've mm. got a, a, a good salary, I've got a good position. What's wrong with me? Mm. And actually, but trusting and honouring the feelings that you have about it, kind of signalling something, absolutely, something a bit deeper that maybe this is just you know, it's great, yeah, but is it time to have a look around you know well that's it and, and and yeah i got a lot of people like that as
1: well who are um on paper have this amazing life you know i've, I've worked with like top level not top level athletes but but very high up athletes who, who've done olympic work and stuff like that and they like, i've got this amazing house and family i'm just miserable and yeah i th- I, I don't want to kind of get it's not like in the hippie sense, I don't, I don't necessarily buy into that, but the Mm. energy you're, you're taking about your day is is really important. And yeah, it's, it's figuring out what's important to you Mm. because what, what, what are you working for? I suppose, you know, Mm. do do you want to look good on paper or do you want to feel good in real life? Yeah. That's
0: kind of, yeah. I I think that's a really good way of putting it. And when you talk about energy, I get what you're saying. Yeah. The kind of, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, I, sure, you know, sure. i'm not against exploring that and having conversations around it but i think it's the practical day-to-day yeah like do you feel like you're waving you through treacle or whatever the phrase metaphor you use versus actually you know like this year you know this year mm-hmm. back to work back to work was a different experience for me this yeah. year than perhaps you know when i was in the place mm-hmm. you know returning to work after a holiday yeah do you know what i mean yeah I do, totally yeah. different feeling totally different energy levels mm-hmm. and you know it takes a, something to get there. Mm. You know, the God, journey between be, is something, but it's that starting yeah. point, which yeah. I'm really fascinated with.
1: So, so. Just just to kind of, um, to, to jump in with the metaphor, because I know you, you know, like, you oh, know metaphor, and, <laughs> and and I've used this with clients before, and I don't know if I like it, but but people seem to respond to it. But like, if you take a broken chair and you put it on the street, or if you put it in a mansion, or if you put it in a fancy house or a private jet, wherever, it's still going to be a broken chair. And it's the same with the person. If you're, if you're fundamentally, if your relationship with yourself is damaged, or if you're, or if there's some part of you that's living in constraint or, or living in a, a, a lack of, no matter whether we put you, a, you know, on paper having a fantastic life or a fantastic job or living in a, in a fantastic house, you've still got that underlying. I think that's what I meant by yeah, energy. Yeah. It's more that, that, that examining what you're carrying around now you can have all of the the amazing life on paper and be happy mm. but it's about addressing that stuff yeah
0: yeah
1: about fixing that job.
0: yeah absolutely i like that yeah i, I yeah. love my metaphor so i <laughs> yeah so i guess that brings us in nicely yeah nice segue it's really into you. your work then yeah. um, uh, tell us more about that because for me um the really you talk about relationship with yourself yep yeah. But i'm guessing sorts of relationships with others as well and i think the challenge that we all have in life, mm-hmm. but particularly in life, you get to a certain point, being a certain person, mm-hmm. and you come to realise who I am. You know, yeah. this is this it? And at that point, you start to have to negotiate the who am I bit, the relationship with mm-hmm. yourself. But also, perhaps things start to shift, boundaries get pr- whatever. There's some negotiation yeah. or change with the loved ones, yeah. family, friends, work colleagues, whatever. Yeah. So, tell us more about so, your.
1: So, so if we look at the,
0: I, 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 I hate to do this, but it has to be done at the
1: start. You know, one of those kind of when people are like, "Oh, what does this dictionary, dictionary defines relationships as?" But I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But but I would say relationships are, if you kind of boil it down, how we relate to something else. Oh. So it's us here. That's how we relate. So the 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 biggest myth in relationships is that it's happening out there, and that it's the other person's actions, you know, what the other person's saying, what the other person's doing. That that's determining the quality of the relationship. But mm. actually, it's how you're relating to all those things going on. Because you can't control what other people do. Anyone who's worked with me will have heard me say this like ten times every session. You can never control what other people say, think, feel, or do, and it's all an inner game, right? It's all what goes on between the ears. So, my work on relationships is, is largely about looking at how you're relating to the other thing, the, to the whether that person, work, self, whatever it is. That that, that that's really what you need to shift because as long as you'll believe you know, the, the solutions out there, you're not in control. You've got no control over it. you. You don't know whether that person's going to change, get worse, do nothing, and, and you can't affect it. You know, if someone's going to do something, they're going to do something. You can't affect how someone feels. I buy my dad excellent Christmas presents every year. It's not, it's not met like that. You know? Yeah. It's more of, you know well you can't affect how someone's going to feel um so it's 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 that kind of thing you've got to look at yourself and examine how you would be without certain thoughts so if you're there thinking oh i wish she would work harder for example or i wish you would be more attentive what would life be like if you didn't have that thought because you're in control of that thought what would life be like if you didn't have thought oh well maybe i'd be more loving more accepting it would it would make us less stressed things like that so
0: yeah that, that's what we look at mostly
1: mm.
0: i love that more what popped in the my and just it's a tongue cheek one, but actually it, it's one of those irritations your daughter yeah tying up after herself yeah that is not a thing <laughs> it's not a thing <laughs> sure and i can you know get out upset get angry mm-hmm. shout say it right make her do it whatever it is and, I, you know, I think part of the opposite of the child you have to kind of encourage and learn, yeah, them to learn how to learn so there's that side but also this like oh, you just pick it up? Yeah. You know, or what would it, you know, although I haven't thought about it in that context, the only person that's getting upset here or oh, is bothered by it is me. Right, yeah. So what would it be like if I wasn't bothered by it? Yeah. It's, an, it's interesting because I think you're right. That That's where we can control mm-hmm. it, you know? So, yeah, that's not it. I can't give you another metaphor. Go on. Okay. <laughs> <I>
1: like <it. laughs> so like So if I was in this big <laughs> Hall, and I put a pair of shoes in the hallway, and 10 people have to walk past it to go to work. Nine people walk past it, whatever, there's some shoes on the floor. But the 10th person comes along and they've had them been brought up in a really strict environment where they're often really, you know, disciplined for uh, mess, and then Mm -hmm. the husband at home leaves the shoes out, and the other day that should the lady tripped over the child's shoes and and nearly really hurt themselves, suddenly that person walks past it in the hall and loses their mind because. The shoes represent something completely different, right? Yeah. And it's how she's viewing it. And you know that it's not the shoes themselves because nine people have past it and there's had no effect. You know, it's on me because I've been there the whole time. But this person comes with it, with their lens, with their baggage, with their how they're viewing it. And all of a sudden, the entire situation changes. It's all through how she's perceiving yeah. it. Yeah, that, that's,
0: that. A, that's really, yeah. And taking the Rosie example, <clears throat> it's not just the not tidying up or mm-hmm. not putting away. Right. It's... Everything in my mind says if she doesn't learn to this, she's going to end up growing up, and she's going to have this problem and that problem. It's going to ruin her life. She's going to end up in prison or whatever. Yeah, you know, you're yeah, kind of, yeah, you kind yeah. of create this yeah, this, whole, this whole thing around it. Uh, at the end of the day, she's just left left her shoes out. Yeah, you know? yeah. no, no you're, no, you're absolutely right. That, so this this is this is the kind of thing you talk about when you talk about the, that relationship side, is it? The, yeah,
1: it's it, it, it's how we how we relate to you know the, the events that occur in front of us, and also. <clears throat> without getting too much into it, how we relate to time. So in in, in that aspect, you're, you're viewing it with, um, and I say this with complete like empathy, I, I'm exactly the same with my <laughs> kids worry, as well, uh, um, yeah. but all of a sudden you're starting creating this future that, that doesn't exist and yeah. that only happens in your head. We can't ever live in the future, we're only here right now. Mm. So um, yeah, our mind is designed to start thinking of all the worst case possibilities. Yeah. Just gets out of control so it's how we relate to that as well and picking up on when our minds start going in the future and creating these things because we're just making ourselves scared anxious mm-hmm. or even so next time you see things on the floor that's the memory that comes up
0: you're like oh just going to prison <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah 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 and i'm supposed to take, take back to the typical kind of things that we might be dealing with mm-hmm. that grind you down in work when you're not happy and you look at the sure. shot is is that oh, i've got to go down again. Yeah. I've got to do that thing again oh such and such mm-hmm. man I'm going to have another I'm going to have a massive argument and we kind of carry a lot of the bag and don't get me wrong it might there might be an of truth in this oh yeah. we can't control it but we bring the weight of this thing and predict the future mm-hmm. which then in terms of where I'm thinking is it then just adds more weight to you here and now and adds more of oh, I can't do this I'm yeah. being crushed trapped lost whatever yeah. They're the typical reasons that somebody might start thinking, I've had enough of this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I've changed. change. And actually, sometimes it might be that it's not the job that changes, it's just how we view it. Yeah, or, 100%. Uh, whatever, you know? 100%. Yeah, the, the, there are happy people who
1: have worked in the bank and they yeah, are me. Yeah. That's that. I absolutely hated it.
0: So there's a, good, there's a good point, actually, in terms of, because I think... I, I remember this, because well, I, I left the police twice. I like mm-hmm. think I escaped the police twice. The last time, finally, they had them... <laughs> uh, no, but uh, the first time I took a career break to leave, mm. and then I had to go back because I just made a mess of my business all that. Sure. The second time I went back, I had to reconcile you're going back, mm. you're either going back and feeling like you're been dragged, like the Godfather, they drag you back in, <laughs> back yeah. back, um, or you go back and you make the most of it. And I kind of had to reconcile the fact that I didn't want to be doing that job, mm. but I'm still going to have to bring myself to the job. What are the elements? So I did talk mm. I about what are the things I actually like generally yeah that i can bring to that role and that worked. Mm-hmm. but only i knew that it wasn't the, you know i still have a right. direction of travel right so how do you distinguish between it's this is just this is not for me now or anymore yeah. you know i really need a change mm-hmm. versus actually maybe i'm just letting things get top of what can i do with that side of things you
1: know? yeah absolutely so so i think everyone has to take a responsibility for that and a personal responsibility and there has to be, you know, some some internal investigation. You have to look, right? Okay, have I just got stuck in my ways thinking about this? Because you can't, as much, as much as you want, no, no, you know, no amount of positive thinking was going to get me in the bank happy, right? Yeah, no, it, uh, I can recognize everything the bank gave me, but but it's a um, it's a perfectly respectable job. It's a really good job, um, but it, I, I knew it wasn't for me, and I, 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 i examined my mindset, and I tried to get there, but at a certain point, you have to, and, and same in relationships, you know I'm talking like uh, in personal relationships, you have to take responsibility for what you're willing to tolerate. I think I think that that that's what it comes down to, and it's the same with work. What are you willing to tolerate? And, um, you know, we we were discussing before, my wife's got a new job, and I said the same thing to her, you know, because she was on an hour and about what to do, and I was just talking to her about You've got to take responsibility for you, willing to tolerate, and just because you can tolerate something doesn't mean you should. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And, and yeah, at the end of the day, you know, you know when you, th- there is a good feeling when want to do something new. You know, if if you're even contemplating it, yeah, you should probably just look at it.
0: Yeah, that, that's a really. good point because. It's not that the contemplation means you are going to jump ship and burn your bridges and do no. all that. It just means you're going to contemplate it, think yeah. about it, and see if it's there. Absolutely, and it can be scary mm-hmm. making whatever changes, if, if yeah. Not. But at least you are giving yourself the space, yeah, to do that.
1: Absolutely, and 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 taking responsibility for your own happiness because mm. I'm, I'm sure you're well aware that your respons- your happiness, is no one else's responsibility. Yeah, and and, and it's up to you to 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 say the say something or do something to, to change it if you're unhappy mm. or oh, stay
0: and be miserable but it's, you've got to accept it's your choice to do so yeah well I think that yeah I think that's an important part of it and I guess mm. m- m- you know may, many we kind of do sometimes park that on the organisation the employer the mm. other person the partner etc mm-hmm. and, and it can be a bit of a shift to take, yeah. but very empowering it's not it's a very empowering shift isn't it because Absolutely. you are send back to you Mm-hmm. What can I do, Rob? And what am I relying on, waiting for somebody else to do? So
1: know? yeah, and, and and to tie this into work and relationships and things like that. When we start getting into the the myth or the wrong idea of um, the the answer lying out there, if if you're waiting for other things to be a mm-hmm. certain way before you before you do whatever, you're really putting yourself in what we call victim mode. Mm-hmm. So you become a victim of life, and life is happening to you. So. You'll find people who use phrases like you made me feel, mm-hmm. they made me feel. They walk around with the idea that that they are a blank slate and, and the world's just gonna start yeah. making them feel any which way, which sounds exhausting, you know? You know, all, all you need to do is bump into two people who walk up on the wrong side of bed and suddenly you feel crap, you're, mm-hmm. your worth's low, your confidence is low, mm-hmm. and life's happening to you. Or, for example, you, you think work should be a certain way, you turn up and it isn't, and then you feel the same way. And the, the real trick is getting into a more of an owner's mindset and taking responsibility for your happiness, taking responsibility for your mindset, your actions, things like that. And mm. that's what you can control. Yeah. And, and that's really taking ownership of life and realizing that okay, no one can make me feel something I'm in charge of it.
0: So that's a good point because I think, uh, and when we're talking about that, that might say, I mean, our hands up, I've been there, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, they've yeah. done it, and still can do it. Still mm. can fall into for the sure. trap of it. Um, it's about catching yourself now. But I guess for most of us, if we're kind of in this position, it's how 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 can somebody start to sort of claim that back? What is there any approaches, any way that they can work on that? Yeah, absolutely. So
1: I don't. I, what, what I would say is you can set just do a little experiment people at home um try and set before you go into a conversation how you're going to feel at the end of the conversation okay so so if you're going into a big meeting nothing wrong i'm going to come out of this positive happy feeling good and you'll find the things you say and the actions you take in that meeting will come out a lot more positive and you, you you can choose to feel that way and you'll see the good in things and as, as much that i think i feel like it's a bit of a cop-out because it's not like you know look at the world all great all the time stuff mm-hmm. like that but you can set your mindset for how things are going to go mm-hmm. and how, you, how you're going to view things and and yeah that 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 in that ex- um, specific example that that's what i would
0: yeah i like that, that. I, I think that there's a that, you know, I've talked about on previous episodes yeah. about, the, the you know, there's, there's positivity and there's delusion on positivity yeah, exactly, and yeah. denial and kind of coding over mm-hmm. when actually there's other things going on, yeah. but by adopting that uh, positive approach as in, okay, I am, you know, I'm going to come go into that meeting, for mm-hmm. example, with, you know, for a change, just to yeah. change things up, I'm going to go in and I'm going to, not only expect it to be different, but I'm going to look at it through, try to look yeah. through, try as in practice, yeah. practice looking at it through different lens, So that practice raises the odds of it having a better outcome. It yeah. doesn't guarantee, because there could be some balls oh, all in there. For but, sure, whatever. But, so that that practice of mm-hmm. doing that I think is key. So I think that's a really powerful way to do it. Absolutely. And then it's how do you deal with, when you can't the other meeting and you think, what was the point of that, it didn't work as well. you know, that right. kind of thing. So I think it's also about, isn't it, about potentially dealing with that that doesn't then sort of reinforce your belief on what was the point. So what, what it would all come down to
1: is, is and I'm not trying to, to, to um, sell culture or anything here, but what this would all come down to is how you're viewing yourself and your own self-worth. Mm. And I would say if you're coming out of that meeting feeling rubbish, if you're coming out of that meeting wondering what's the point if you're coming out of that meeting feeling any kind of negative way, it's because there's some underlying belief about yourself that's, that's causing that. Because if you had a complete sense of acceptance of self and, and felt comfortable and good with where you are and enough with where you are doesn't really matter what happens in the meeting mm. because whatever happens you're good enough and you're absolutely fine whereas if you feel if you've wasted your time which maybe means you feel like you're not completely fulfilled at work and your time's really valuable or that you were spoken to a certain way and that's made you feel um you know less than or whatever mm then there's some underlying belief that or broken aspect to how you're relating to yourself. Yeah. And that's, like I said, I'm not trying to sell that, but but if you can work on that and nail that, mm. most of the time you're absolutely fine. Yeah, Because if, if, if you're comfortable with who you are,
0: it doesn't really matter what anyone else does. Yeah. And that's the work, isn't it? I mean, I, I, exactly. actually, I, I get it because the time, you know, say you feel a bit belittled as a, and it could be in a meeting, it could be a mm-hmm. friendship or whatever, but you, you say you're feeling belittled by a comment, mm-hmm. etc. Now, there may be practical ways to learn how you might come back, etc. Like, but that feeling mm-hmm. can often signify, in my, and this is my personal yes. experience and whatever, but I think it can signify actually there's a spike here. Something's just—it's a thorn. It's, it's a needle in something that I'm not feeling good about myself. Yeah. Because otherwise, it wouldn't have touched me. Exactly. I mean, if I felt okay, it wouldn't have touched me. Yeah. The work is in getting to that place, and it's Absolutely. maybe never work—you're never fully achieved because you're always going to have ups and downs. Oh, of course, Yeah, yeah. But that's where the work is in terms of, or the rewards are
1: as well. Absolutely. It was it was, it was Eleanor Roosevelt, um, I believe, who said, um, "No one." Uh, and I'm, this is not the quote, but it, it was roughly. um, no one can make you feel something you don't already believe yourself. Yeah, um, and you know, it's I, I would I would always use the example if someone came up to you and said you're a purple frog, you can objectively go, well, oh, I'm not. It, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It's absolute nonsense. But that should hold the same weight as someone coming up saying, I don't know, you you look like X Y or Z, mm-hmm. or or you crap or whatever it is. It's it's someone else's opinion, if the difference is on some level, you can believe that. You can, because yeah. there's already something there in you that that's sensitive to that. Yeah. Whereas someone can consider a purple frog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know I'm not. So if someone comes up and starts saying you're less than, and you don't, you know that you're not, because you've done the work, there you go. It's mm. the, it holds the same kind of thing.
0: Mm. Yeah. That
1: that's what, I would like people to aim for. I yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I guess you're right. I mean, that's where work, whatever, coach, or yeah. you know, whatever, can be useful. But it's also about that almost self-talk, self-coaching, mm. in the sense that if you can recognise, if you can start to become aware of some of the those underlying, act, I like to think metaphor stories, sure, what sure. stories we tell ourselves about ourselves, that you know might be then reinforced by that comment mm. or stalked. You know, there's a fire stalked in there yeah. to make you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so that being aware of that self-talk. Mm-hmm is really important mm. as we go through. Yeah, absolutely, I, I, I get people to do this
1: exercise when um, when we're working on conference, when we're not self-talking, things like that. Um, for a week, at the end of the night, I get them to write down any inner dialogue they have and, and use the exact language they have right, yeah. and the amount of people that come back with just the most horrible, vile language they use with themselves, and it, and it shows you how you're talking to yourself all day. Mm. It, it, it can be really eye-opening, mm. and, uh, and anything I ask anyone to do, I've done and gone through myself, okay. and I, I, yeah, mine wasn't great either, so. yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, self-talk is, is, is mm. a huge, huge thing that people are will think, oh yeah, well oh, yeah, my self-talk's pretty good, but if you do that exercise, it's, it's yeah. quite
0: uh, revealing. It's an interesting one, and I think that's something to exercise some self-compassion with as well, because... Mm. Um, just air in that but it, it's kind of and I, you're right I've conversations with clients and I've done it myself you know when you realise that you think I want to talk to somebody else like that yeah, yeah, you know yeah. Um, and yeah so it's a it's a really powerful thing to start to air and to see for sure how could you shift that and that's one of the things I guess about how shifting the self-talk we can we talk to people, other people mm. with that sense of care compassion most of us we just need to direct that skill that's there on ourselves absolutely once we're aware of it and absolutely and so
1: just to kind of um bring it to relationships again a little bit. We learn our um, kind of relationship language from our parents, Mm -hmm. you know, in the same way that if you were born in Paris, you're probably going to speak French because your parents speak French and everyone around you speak French. You're brought up in, you know, an environment where you're watching a relationship, not only to each other, but how the parents relate to themselves as well. And that's often what we carry around and we don't know. And, yeah, it's, it's kind of everyone's personal responsibility to look at okay, what is the the language that I've learned to deal with myself and a par- and a partner, and is that healthy? Is that conducive to a healthy relationship right, right now? Because um, most often, no. Mm. <laughs> so, it would be the answer to that. Mm. Um, but yeah, how, language is is, is everything. Mm. It's it's um, it's how we create ourselves. It's 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 absolutely. Everything like I, I'm always I was always fascinated that um, I was listening to this guy talk the other day, and he said, "Without language, how do you know who someone is? You can't go in someone's house and just look mm-hmm. around and understand who they are as a person without expressing what we how we are and and how we act and um what we say and our interests, our likes, our dislikes, all of that is all." through language and so it's a huge part and it's, it's, it's a massive part of what
0: I do yeah and that's interesting because it's not it's yours but also mm. the other person say a partner yeah or child or a colleague sure. they have theirs yeah and it's how those two interface in terms of the relationship mm-hmm. and how well that interface but as you said before the only real thing you can control in that dynamic right. is, is how you show up in. absolutely yeah so in terms of that, you know, mm-hmm. if somebody's having a problem with somebody at work or mm-hmm. just, just you know, things go through a rough patch and we're yes. you know, probably not going to get a marriage guy and see so yeah, it. But it's that idea of like, how do you, how can they individuals start at least to recognize their part and what can they do to shift that right to see? If Absolutely. To... So so
1: the only way mm-hmm. to create real change, you can't, like I say, I'm always operating from the place. So we can't change what anyone else says, things does, blah, 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 blah. So we've got to look at ourselves. And the way we can create change in our relationship, if you can work on yourself and show up differently to that person, because normally you've got the way you always operate, the way they always operate, and the two interact. And oh. it, it, that's why you, you feel like you have the same arguments over again. The, the go, disagreements go the same way. Repeated patterns, repeated games. And if you can show up differently, that other person is forced to say different things react differently um you know that mm-hmm. it, 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 it elicits at least the opportunity for a different response that person can now has to show up and think okay there is a different way to be in this interaction between me and you that normally turn in the same way mm-hmm. this person turned up differently it's okay to be different in this mm-hmm. I can explore that. Now, you can't force them to realize it. Like I say, you can't make them do it, but what you're doing is saying, right, look, this is a new playing field. I want to try something different. You're welcome to join me. That's the only way you can create changes, is by changing how you show up in, yeah.
0: in that environment, I suppose. Yeah, because you're breaking that pattern, aren't you, by, from your side, breaking the pattern. That's, yeah. It's sort of played out time and time again in whatever the interaction is, That can hopefully at least put them... Mm. To a place where they might think differently. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the, what their ob- objectives are, at in that. There was this.
1: There was the psychotherapeutic um, experiment someone did, where they had this big coloured wheel, and um, there was little triangle segments on each one, different colours. And behind the red wheel, uh, the red segment, sorry, there was birdseed. And every day, the pigeons would go, they'd know if they'd peck through it, peck through the red one, to get birdseed. And they did that for a little while and then this put dirty behind all the other colours apart from red. And they would peck at, the and peck at the red and peck at the red and peck at the red and peck at the red. And instead of trying anything else, they'll get angrier and angrier and angrier. But eventually they learned, okay, if I want what I want, I've got to try right. and go through one of the different things. But it's um it's the same kind of thing. You might not you can't just show differently and it's suddenly so all changed. The other person will likely push back because yeah. they're so sort of used to a certain way. Um, but if you stick with it and, and you know that you're doing it yourself, it, it's the
0: only way you can change, I believe, anyway. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I love that expert. Uh, I, I hadn't uh, come across that one, but it, I mean, if birds can do it, then. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. But I get that resistance and what have you. And I guess thinking about it, just as a. In the context of somebody who might be thinking. <sighs> I see this a lot and, and, and experience it, you know, that when you're unhappy, say, in a position, a career, you think yes. you want to change but you've got a lot riding on, a lot of responsibilities, commitments. Mm. There's often a, there's often an unspoken choice that, you know, I've just got to carry on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So drinking, working, denying, yeah. all that kind of thing's happening. But if somebody's in that place and arguments can ensue because they're frustrated, they're not being their best person at all. Right. If somebody's in a place where they think, that's me, mm-hmm. you know, um, how do we how do we start to broach that kind of subject with a loved one, for example? Because I think this is an important yeah. part of it, isn't it? it you know, somebody else yeah. is there thinking, this is okay a, you
1: know so th- there was an interesting bit in, in what you said and it was the phrase that's me and and people are so addicted to that the idea that of themselves i suppose the created self in the sense that i am someone who just works through it i am someone who sticks at this yeah. job i am so you know especially from the from from where we're from it, it it's very much a you just work and you're miserable and then you, you know, die or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but it's it's that idea that we we are this this creative version of ourselves. We have to make it up when we're, you know, uh, in our early teens and, um, you know, I am someone who is shy. I am someone who mm. doesn't taste risks. At risk, sorry. I am someone who's intelligent, whatever it is. And we, we struggle to imagine that there's anything outside of that. And we almost create our own constraints and i always say it's like um if you imagine that idea of create itself is like a little office space and i ask you what you can do with that oh well i can have two people working in the office or i can take the tables out and we can have a little picnic or i can put a little picture on the wall but if i was to start saying right what about a game of football or a parade or uh, a concert or something like that you just can't really think of it and so the idea is if you can slowly start detaching from this fixed idea of who you are and start living into the actual reality, which is possibility and Mm. and, and, and what you could actually be, those walls can start getting a little bit bigger and you can start adding more and more things in there of what's possible because we all operate from this thing of I don't think this is possible, I don't think this is for me because I know who I am and and this is it. Mm. And so you're always trying to think of big things in small spaces mm. because you believe you're a small space and when I work with people I try to get them to stop thinking so small yeah. and mm. that that idea of themselves because like you say we can become so fixed and I say this as someone who's tried to quit for 17 years <laughs> this, this one particular job because I thought like my parents I had one my mum that went into the bank I was like you go into the bank? I let like my dad you, you go to work you come home miserable don't talk about it you just do that. Oh. That's it, and that 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 that's that's who I was. It's where I'm from. It's what I've seen. It's what I thought we had to do. And then I did something else, and I pushed that boundary out and, and I did something I thought I could never do. And you know, I'm a business owner now, and mm. um, you know, I get to be creative. I get to come on podcasts and um, with crackers. Mm. You know, what, what, what am I doing? Mm um but it's because i push those boundaries out and I, and I let go of that idea of this is me and this is the fit yeah. me
0: yeah you
1: know yeah it's interesting
0: so it co- it, it, again it comes back to that firstly let's start with you yeah where are you at and you know this doesn't have to be me you know i'm, mm-hmm. no, I'm telling myself i've just got no yeah. choice or i'm stuck here on this side let's firstly yeah challenge that acknowledge that actually it could be more mm-hmm. and uh, and you know even something like doing a little course or something mm-hmm. outside of that opens up I remember my journey when I was first doing it, I started a free learn direct creative writing course right, okay I'm not saying that was a pinpoint in it but it was one of those formative things where it opened me up to the beauty of creative writing yeah. part, but yeah. I just enjoyed writing about a silly cat or whatever but it set on that, like you say, the walls expanding. Mm. Like Star Wars, because we're talking about Star Wars, yeah, yeah. Well, rather than the walls coming in and crushing, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they start to open out, and it starts to be a bit of space, and you can see all the things. So it starts with you, That's and then, it. then potentially the conversations mm. with loved ones as as you go with
1: that. Absolutely, yeah, and it, like you say, it's it's about just creating that space, and yeah, it's it, it's amazing. I, I I don't know if if if, it, if it's it's quite in the same way, but I'm a big believer in the more space you can create, whether that is a little bit of mental space or a little bit of quiet or whatever it is, I always think of it like we're we're all so crammed with information and thoughts and feelings and all that kind of stuff. It's like we've had this big meal and we just need that little bit of space to allow stuff to digest and go down before we take anything else in and creating a little bit of space, whether, whether that's mental or whether that's, you know, um, uh, uh, expanding out the idea of ourselves, it just helps everything else digest, mm. go down. Edge, but, oh,
0: right, I, feel I, lo- I love that metaphor, I'm thinking about a thin men there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But a lot of people feel like that. But isn't that what we do? Could, if we take the metaphor, mm. probably a little bit too far, but like sure. we don't, we just cram in more work or we cram in this, yeah. we fill, uh, you know, input, input, whatever mm. it is, rather than just you say, right, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just take some time. Park this. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm not yeah. going to do that for five minutes, ten minutes. Mm. Let's see what the digestion brings. Absolutely, I love yeah. that as a as a as a way to think about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's um it's something I didn't fully get the 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 full power of like, when I started coaching. Mm. I found that that I just want because of the the business I've been in, I just wanted to fill time all the time. So I felt like I was working. I felt like I was busy, 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 busy. Mm. And what I came to realise was the real things that I have to offer as, as a coach is, is, not, is not so much tips and tricks and, and, and things because you can get those in a book, you can get those online, yeah. but but by taking the time and doing self-reflection and doing work myself and, you know, whether that's going for a walk or reading a book or sitting or whatever, just allowing that little bit of quiet time to, like I say, digest things, I can then, um, you know, how many good ideas do people have, you got to proclaim to have, like, in the shower or on the toilet because yeah. when yeah. Yeah. it's when they slow down it's when they've got that little bit of quiet so by introducing more of that into my life I got to do the work of myself which is what I get to mm. give to other people because so I know I've been there and that, that's what's really important and yeah I'm a, I'm a big, big
0: one for space big yeah. one for stillness anything like that mm. I think that's probably a good place to sort of wrap it up I mean, yeah, because I think yeah for sure share it, but I think it starts with space to digest to reflect mm. to, to, to just allow and many of us are too busy cramming denying you know trying to push down the emotions and actually yeah. allowing that to see what surfaces is a cracking place to start Yeah, and then you know we've got the other work that can be done for sure I, I would say to anyone and
1: uh, you know I say this to all clients and I say this to anyone listening try and create a little bit of space mm. in your life and the challenge is not to fill that space Yeah, because the amount of clients yeah. I've got where yeah. we've Freed up time. We freed up a little bit of mental space. I'm like, right, amazing. Well, I've just took on this new project. And you're like, no, what are you doing? Like yes, that's yeah. that's not the point. Yeah. You you just you want to create that space and hold that space and have it. I don't want to use the word sacred, but but have it as a non-negotiable. This is this is space to have. Yeah, That'd yeah, come. I
0: love that, and I think that. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant, and probably. Well, there's loads of takeaways there, Mm -hmm. but that is a starting point for so many of us. So thank you for sharing that. Just, I mean, thank you. We could could talk a lot more. Yeah, no, sure, sure. sure. There's loads more. Maybe even have you back on. Yeah, I feel point. But if there's any questions um, for Phil, uh, give me a shout at at to How can people get in touch with you? We'll have stuff in show notes. Yeah, sure. Um,
1: You can go to philherson.com or pmalifecoaching.com. That's my initials at yeah, uh, pmalifecoaching.com uh, contact me on there contact me on LinkedIn Facebook fill us, and um, I'm everywhere you can't miss me great yeah?
0: cool. brilliant great. well right. thank you for your time it's been cheers awesome. and thanks very much everybody any feedback or questions as I say um, drop them to the rest of his life i will get in touch with Phil and thanks very much catch mm-hmm. you next week Thank you for listening. You'll find all show notes, links, and resources mentioned at midlifereshape.com forward slash podcast. And it would mean so much if you could spread the word to your fellow restless midlifers. Share the show and links. And if you aren't already, subscribe to the show in your podcast feed of choice. And one more thing. If you enjoy the show, it would be great if you could rate it by visiting midlifereshape.com forward slash review. It would mean so much, and I may even give you a shout-out in return. And a quick final thanks to production assistant Karen North of North VA and for the music, which is called Silver Star by the awesome Logan Nicholson of Music for Makers at musicformakers.com. Take care for now, and don't forget, you really can reshape your midlife health and rekindle that spirit of adventure.